Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, member Rogue Pogue Monkey, that's Rogue underscore Pogue underscore Monkey, shares his story from making it to the big four, the struggles of passing the CPA, and how he got promoted. Learn why everything changed, why he decided to join the army, and what happened when he collided into the parachute of another officer at 900 feet. Enjoy. All right, Rogue Pogue Monkey, thank you so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, just real quick, if you could just give the listeners a little bit of background about yourself. Sure. So uh, I'm originally from the D.C. area. Uh, My background uh, when I started in college is is in accounting. Uh, I joined a big four firm immediately out of uh, my uh, undergrad program. And from there, a little bit of tax, a little bit of advisory. Being that it was in D.C., it, uh, the advisory was federally uh, oriented. From there, um, I had the opportunity to take the CPA. Uh, the CPA was a very, very interesting part of my life. It was very challenging. Um, and it was at that point, because of that challenge, that I kind of asked myself, hey, what else can I do, right? Um, that led me to make a very interesting decision that my my peers um, we're very shocked about. Uh, I actually ended up joining the Army as an officer. Um, so I've been a logistics officer now for the past uh, three and a half years or so. Um, and with that, I actually am coming now to uh, the close of that phase. And I'm starting my next phase, which is uh, entering the top 10 MBA program, uh, which I'm very, very excited to start. Congrats, man. That's a huge uh, relief to get into a, a good school and to be having that next chapter, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, the whole GMAT, GRE discussion and, you know, do I have a chance here and there? I'm, I'm so happy that that's, that's in the past. For sure, for sure. Cool. Well, thanks for giving us that little overview. I guess real quick, um, can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, your undergrad, kind of what made you decide to go there? I know you majored in accounting. Did, can you talk about that idea and, like, what influenced you to make those decisions? Is it something you enjoyed or you felt like, hey, this is going to give me a, a decent career? Sure. Um, you know, to be honest, I think it, it, it is with the latter. You know, I'm a first uh, generation American. My parents uh, are from Mexico. So I was kind of uh, a guinea pig in the school system, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had no, no idea, and me neither, right? So as I was going through the motions, um, I really wanted to make uh, an impact with my, uh, my choice, right? I, I wanted it to be uh, something that my brothers could look up to and hopefully be inspired to, you know, maybe go to school themselves. And at the same time, this was uh, 
you know, during the recession. So I needed something that, <laughs> you know, was going to pay at the end of the day. Um, and so accounting to me, it just kind of naturally fell, uh, you know, into my lane. I was in class one day and we were having a discussion about debits and credits. 99% of the class was like, what the hell is a debit and what's a credit? And I was like, that makes sense to me. So when I saw it, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep plugging away. And um, it worked out for me. And, uh, you know, I understood it from day one. And I had a a successful career, to be quite honest, in accounting. Um, I just, you know, life happens, right? Yeah, for sure. So do you feel like um, when you were were at that school, you were majoring in accounting, you were doing doing well, I assume, or decently well enough to to land at a big four. Can you tell me a little bit about that recruiting process? What made you think, okay, I want to go big four? Was it something that, you know, your school kind of tried to push you into was it were they recruiting you heavily or were you having to network a lot so i think it was a little bit of uh network and the school kind of laying it out especially a professor he, he kind of laid it out to us that um you know you, you want to be aim, aiming for the big four um and again i really wanted to make this i wanted to maximize right the uh the potential of my decision right so when i heard hey you know big four is where you want to go you know, I immediately targeted that, right? And I was like, hey, let's just, let's just, you know, that's where we're going. And I networked my ass off, you know, I went to Deloitte, KPMG, EY, all of them, all the events. Um, and it's really, um, were, there, were those <laughs> really on campus? Process. Were those on campus events or did you have to go somewhere else? Uh, it was a mix of both on campus and also kind of like in their office area, um, maybe mm-hmm. a local bar, local restaurant. Okay. Um, and, you know, again, this was, uh, being the first month I was doing this, I had really no idea what I was getting into, um, like why you network, how you network. So initially, you know, I was a little bit out of my element. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some individuals who their fathers happen to be partners or, you know, they were very comfortable here. So for me, uh, I was definitely fish out of water. So um, it was very eye-opening. It was my introduction to, to you know, corporate America, if you will. Um, and Did you, have there, a, did you, you own know, a suit at that point or you had to go buy a suit? <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, I bought a suit from Burlington Co Factory. Nice. <laughs> I, I did not have a suit. I had nothing in my in my you know closet. Uh, just a bunch of you know regular clothes. And my well girlfriend at the at the time, my wife now, she's like, "Rob, you need to go buy something." <laughs> so you know, we 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 went out to Burlington Co Factory. Had like a budget of like fifty bucks, and we just got the baggiest suit. <laughs> Hey, we just made it happen. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Did you get it tailored or did you not even know to get it tailored? I absolutely not. Yeah, I, was like, I think this I'm is sure. good enough. I didn't even know the measurement. Like we just sent it. You know what I mean? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. No, that's great. So yeah, that's that's good enough. So you're so you're kind of doing these networking events. You're you know seeing you're meeting some good people. You kind of start getting more comfortable, or like did it take you a long time to kind of get comfortable in that setting, like where you're at the bar, like chatting with with partners and stuff like that. You know, it was uh, it was actually quite easy to, to get comfortable. Um, I'm a very outgoing person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, initially I'm intimidated by the fact that this is a job that I'm trying to target. But um, to be honest, once I met a few people, I was like, hey, there's a lot that we have in common. We just, you know, let's talk about that. So um, it was really quite naturally for me to, to get comfortable and just, you know, grab a beer and start chatting people up. Nice. And so you're going through that. It seems like you're making some good connections. Um, where you ended up eventually was that from a direct connection that you made from one of these chats or was it just you know did you end up getting another job through some other channel 
No, you know what? It's funny. Like you network so much, and this happened just. Uh, uh, this was a uh, an opportunity that came through on campus recruiting. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with the networking <laughs> event. However, yeah, the networking event did help me build my, you know, my conversation skills, my story, and all those intangibles, right, that you want to present in an interview, and right. it just kind of uh, it helps you be more relaxed, right? So, although it had nothing to do with the networking, I think that all. Um, it, it completed me, um, you know, package, you're just, you you're were a more, interview. yeah, you're like a more polished interviewer by that point where you, absolutely you're coming in there, you knew your story down, you knew why you wanted to do this and, and whatnot. And so what did you, like when they were like, Hey, why accounting? Why, you know, why us? Did you have to like say a different, did you have like a different story for each big four per big four firm or did they not even ask you uh, that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, those questions are always interesting. But, you know, you you actually, you have to dig down a little bit, right? Um, and even back then, I understood the value of, of culture. So I did try to extrapolate a little bit of, hey, you know, what culture are these firms, yep. you know, um, conveying and what culture actually exists, you know, behind these these offices. So I, I did do, do a little bit of my homework and I was able to use that as my anchor for, you know, why us. Nice, nice. Sounds like you kind of polished did you do a lot of mock interviews before kind of having these these rounds or did you kind of just wing it at first and get better as you went along yeah at the latter i absolutely <laughs> did not do any interview prep <laughs> come on man come on no just kidding <laughs> so anyway so so you graduate in 2012 you're immediately you get that job did you have you had an internship it looks like for a full year before to was it like while you were at school you were yeah. doing an internship is that normal? Right. I don't know if that's normal so, for the big four. I'm no, sure. it is. It is not normal. Okay. Uh, well, no, it's not normal. And actually, I started in the winter. Uh, again, I was in tax, right? So, a normal tax internship, I would say, would last from you know, January through either April or May because of you know the tax deadline. Um, so for me, you know, I, I, again, I have like a lot of you know drives in what I'm doing, right? So mm-hmm. I really took the opportunity. And I just, you know, I'm trying to hit home runs, to be quite honest, right? Yeah. So every opportunity I can to excel, um, I'm taking it, right? Um, I'm not kissing ass because I really do hate that, but I'm just, I'm making it happen, mm-hmm. right? So um, putting your head I down, making March, sure that people have a good impression of you. You're this kid's a hard worker, that type of thing. Correct, yep. exactly, right? Okay. So March comes around, and you know, mom, my supervisor, hey, you know, uh, the deadline's coming up, but we really want to keep you around because there's a lot of work. And you really, you know, you'll be doing a great job for us. So they extended me from a typical April type of deadline all the way out through, I believe it was November. Wow. Um, November, October. Um, so I was able to um, work there. And it was actually great because I, I was getting married that summer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, my, my girlfriend and I we were just... You know, hey, you're the one. She's like, yeah, you're the one too. I was like, hey, man, let's just get married. <laughs> so that, the cash was definitely helpful at the time um and you know it just worked out well weddings are expensive man it's crazy oh yeah we, you know and we paid out of pocket you know uh, nice. we didn't we, no we debt didn't no debt. debt or anything like that we just did ourselves yeah anyone getting married don't go into debt oh god no. <laughs> anyway so <laughs> you're married, <laughs> anyway so you're about to uh you know you basically um kind of develop this relationship with the tax team i assume and like so they they immediately want you back i assume when you graduate the next year Is that the- yeah exactly so um i was at, i started like in an off year 
Mm-hmm. So I started in, I think, January in my, my, my schooling at least. So I ended up graduating in December. So like a month or two after I was done with the internship. So literally two months later, I'm back at it again. But now I have a full-time offer. I'm an associate. Got it. Okay. And then can you tell me about your path there? Like any advice for other people looking to target the big four besides like just being a little polished and interview doing the networking and all that? Anything like once you get to the job in your, your, in your seat? what to do sure you know the big four is the big four for a reason right um they have great clients and they have you know tremendous experience to be you know learned via these engagements right um but that comes with the reality that they're there to work right and yes they have free food at six seven or however late you want to stay but just go go into these conversations or go into this potential lifestyle with um, an understanding that, you know, you're going to grind, right? Um, it, it's not just a, a great name for, for nothing. So you're going to go in there and grind. So expect to grind, um, but in a positive way, right? It doesn't mean it's a toxic environment. It's just expect to work. Um, I, I know, and I say that because I had some co-interns and then other, um, you know, people that were hired with me that they really didn't understand what they were getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I came out guns blazing. I was like, hey, whatever you, you get, you know, you throw my way, I'm going to knock it out, right? So I was very aggressive in that regard. So uh, other individuals didn't really understand that busy season, you know, there's some longer hours that you, you yeah. may have to work. So they, that come act- they came actually as a shock to some of my peers. So just, just understand the culture of the workplace that you're getting into and what they require from you. To it's, it sounds like you had the right attitude going in as, you know, right at undergrad. Did you, is that kind of what played into your transition from tax to being able to transition? It looks like you transitioned to advisory. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Do you think um, that had to play into it or is it like you just, you had a couple of years of tax, they were cool with you moving on or how did you kind of navigate that? Cause I know it can be super touchy, right? Um, that. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit <laughs> so, about that? I'm laughing because it's, it's such a memorable experience for me. Yeah. So the reason I, I uh, rotated out of tax and into advisory is because somehow I don't know how my performance was tracked, but somebody caught wind that you know um, there were some good performers. So it was me and, and other individuals as well. So they you know kind of invited us for a I don't want to say secret, but it was not like an official um event right and they were just kind of letting us know about these opportunities they're and, and stealing you the they're stealing the best tax people <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. so go ahead so go they, ahead they planted, they planted the seed right and i'm like you know what i love what i'm doing but i'm here to learn i'm here to grow uh and that's really you know a theme that you you know you may see i, uh, I love growing so mm-hmm. i saw that as an opportunity to grow and you know sat on it for a few days and i was like you know I have really great traction here. I had actually just received an offer to move to um, an office in South Carolina, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, because it was a, a new business development there for tax. So, you know, I had positive relationships, but I ended up doing the advisor route because I wanted to, one, put myself in a different um, scenario, learn from that, you know, uh, new environment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went with it. So <laughs> what do I do? being naive, I don't really understand that like this could be a problem <laughs> and that I'm essentially being poached. Now I know. Yeah. Um, I go to my direct supervisor, the manager at the time. And I'm like, Hey, check it out. Uh, I think I want to move to advisory. Is that cool with you? Oh, and she's like, <laughs> what do you mean? 
I'm like, yeah, you know, how the you know farm supports rotations. I think I'm gonna do that. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, you naive twenty four year old or whatever you were. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and she was like, yeah, let me let me bring this up to the partner. Right? Partner gets involved, pulls me into the office, and that becomes an interesting conversation. And mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know, what do we need to do to keep you? And I'm like, hey, it has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with you. It's not you, it's me, right? <laughs> right. Um, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, seek other opportunities, learn something new. And it got really, really uh, heated, that conversation, to the point that um, a third party <laughs> needed to get involved um, to hold these, these discussions because it was getting to the point where I, you know, my move was essentially, uh, potentially could have been sabotaged just because they didn't want to let me go, right? Um, wow. and yes, it could have been great for that department, but you know, what about me? Right. You're just going to keep me. And then, yeah, you know, this not, is a, these are positions that get filled on a rolling basis. So like, yeah, I had an opportunity back then six months later, eight months later, it may not be there anymore. So now what? Right. Yeah. So that was really interesting. Um, obviously, you know, uh, <laughs> so you, you know, involved. you guys don't, you, you get, you get third party involved. You don't necessarily want to get HR involved because it gets ugly. But right, you, no, had no, a, you had enough not. support from the advisory side. They were like, "Look, like just let them come over," kind of thing. Yeah. And it was it was okay because you had that support. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So actually, the first thing that the, the tax guy says is like, "You know what? Don't say anything about this discussion to anybody." And I'm like, "That's a red flag." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, for what's the first thing I do? I go to the advisory partner. I'm like, "Hey, man, check it out." trying to move here but i'm getting a little bit of you know friction uh over there what can we do yeah. and essentially the partner is going to involve and they talk it out got it yeah and that makes sense so okay so you get there what's going on with this this are you learning a lot more or is it you back kind of you know you only learned for the first few months and you feel like you're stuck again or you like it? do you actually enjoy it no you know i actually enjoyed it um it, it, it was a, a very it, it was a huge engagement it was a you know it wasn't Exxon, but it was like an Exxon type corporation, like that much money and that much of a business presence, right? Yep. So there's like a lot of information there from an accounting perspective, financial reporting perspective. And I'm understanding now, you know, internal facing issues and external facing issues. It, it, I'm just, you know, I'm super excited to be there. And um, I was working maybe for like eight months and I get tapped to become a team lead. I get promoted to be senior associate as well at that point. So I'm really thriving in this environment. And it's also during this time that I, you know, I saw that, you know, I, you need to get a CPA, your CPA certification to make it into the big four, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you can survive the first few years, but if you don't have your CPA, it's kind of be like, hey, what are you doing, right? You're not going to move on, right? You're not going to yeah. progress in your career. So I was like, hey, I got to sit for the CPA. Crazy hours, but you got to make it happen. So that's at that point that I sat for the CPA and uh so that was what, that not, was that was as soon as you were promoted to senior associate you know what did you say six months in that you started kind of saying okay now I need us if I want to keep going up I got to get that CPA so you started studying yeah well, right before I got promoted mm-hmm. to senior associate I, I kind of saw it coming okay um it. you know and at the time I was I guess you could say I'll be honest I, I was a little ashamed that it took me uh so long to pass the CPA exam it's, it's a crazy exam Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, I'm proud of it as part of my story. Um, in total, it did take me 18 months to, to finish the exam just because I had to balance, 
you know, the wife at home at the balance work priorities and long days. And then you got to figure out somewhere you're going to study for this crazy exam. Um, some of my peers who already had their uh, license had studied like the summer before even starting at the big four. And I was like, yeah, I totally did not see that coming back then. Yeah. So I guess side note, study for this damn exam before you even get started with your career. Yeah. Cause if you're, you know, if you're already working full time and if you're a grinder, like, like you are, it's, you're probably getting a lot of responsibilities can be even harder because they're going to lean on you right. more and it's good for, to get Absolutely. promoted. It's good to get promoted, but it can put a cap on, on how high up you go. Right. Um, Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, man. So, okay. So you're, it looks like you're, you know, you eventually pass the CPA, you know, you get, you get your CPA right after 18 yep. months and then all, you know, it's, it sounds <laughs> like you're, you know, going to continue to climb and get up to manager and senior manager and eventually partner. Um, and you're kind of riding the big four wave and then all of a sudden everything changes. Tell me about that. Right. So, you know, the, the CPA process was long, right? Um, I failed the financial um, section of the exam, not once, but twice, right? So the first time you fail it, it's like, all right, I mm-hmm. saw that coming. It's a CPA, right? Right. The second time I fail, I'm like, man, this sucks. I've been studying now for essentially like 120 days or something. Um, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? Am I really going to continue investing time in this? So I take a step back, right? And I fix my act and I do eventually pass the CPA. So at the end of that 18 month journey, but what do you think? What do you think? Sorry. What do you think was the difference on that third time? (laughs) Um, I truly did focus on my weaknesses and I, all the ego, I left it at the door and I was like, okay, what do you need? Where, where are you failing? Right. Right. And I, I just, I, I need to, I needed to be real with myself and stop pretending that I'm smart. And it's like, obviously, yes, you're competent, you're smart, but something's not clicking. So you, it, it just, it takes a lot to really focus on those weaknesses and just For be sure. honest with yourself. Right. right this cool. is what you need to do. Cool. Okay. So, so continue. Thank you. Um, right. So at the end of this journey, I'm like, thinking there's going to be this awesome finish line with a CPA trophy or something. <laughs> and, you know, there's nothing like, okay, you know, you pass the damn exam, continue working. Right. So, but, you know, I, I take a, I gave myself permission to take a knee and, and kind of just think about what I was doing, what I had done. And, you know, I, I, I back then, um, what I considered a good resiliency was, you know, picking myself up after those two failures and finished the exam. And I, you know, I ended up passing all four sections consecutively. So I was like, man, I just passed that, you know, that, that's good. I have something, you know, I have some kind of heart, right. Mm-hmm. Has to count for something. So I'm thinking about where I'm at in life, to be honest, I'm having like a twenties midlife crisis. Yep. And I'm like, you know, what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? Where am I, where do I come from? Right. So I, I mentioned earlier that, by I was the way, first, which is very normal, mid twenties, quarter life crisis or whatever you want to call it. Is that right? Yeah, no, it's super normal, man. I mean, I think a lot of bankers, you know, people in the big four, accountants that, you know, you, you get out of school, you put in those first few years, and then you're kind of like, okay, now what? Um, exactly. So, yeah, go ahead. So, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm the first in my family to go to school. So my parents, they, they, they came from Mexico. And eventually, you know, my dad started a small business, and he did well for himself. But he did have a cap in his earning potential. So now I see where I'm at and I see that my earning potential is just so much different than his. Right. Mm-hmm. And I do mean that in a good way. Cause that's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I, I, it's, it's making me feel some type of way. And I remember while I was studying, 
there was a pamphlet about <laughs> becoming an army officer. And I saw the pamphlet and I was like, eh, that's not for me. I self-selected out immediately, right? I was like, I'm a, I'm a big four dude. I'm, like you said, I'm going to ride the wave and I'm going to maybe become partner. We'll see. But then I kind of got a little frustrated on myself that I did self-select out. And I was like, so it was so easy for me to say that that lifestyle was not for me because say, like, well, why not? Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I pick up the pamphlet again. I start reading through it. Right? Army officers, this is what you do. This is how you lead. And, you know, and I'm buying into the propaganda, right? I'm like, yeah, whatever. We'll see what it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in the mix of all those emotions I'm feeling about where my father is, where I'm at, I, you know, it, it, eventually I, I arrived to the decision that I would, love the opportunity to, to serve my country and kind of pay back this opportunity that the country has given us. My father came from nothing. He created something. And now I created a little bit more. My brothers will hopefully create a little bit more. And, you know, he trickles on, right? Mm-hmm. The cliche American dream. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm a very analytical person coming from the big four, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this one time in my life, I, uh, I go with a gut decision. And I walked down to the recruiter's office and I'm like, Hey man, how do I get into the army? How do I become an army officer? And it was funny. He, um, he, we were chatting, but it was another person behind him. He was like in a, you know, in a regular chair and very, you know, like in a movie or something, he slowly turns his chair around. And I don't know if you've ever seen people dip. They have like a, a plastic bottle and oh, yeah. like, you know, yeah, he's dipping. <laughs> so yeah. he's like, he turns really slowly and he's like, He's like, he's like, why the hell do you want to join my army? Why do you think you can join my army? Right? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't know. Your pamphlet is pretty dope. I don't know. It's just something about leading. So, uh, but it, you know, it did bother me. I was like, well, why do I want to join? Right? And I created, you know, eventually this. I when I created, but I, I arrived at this conclusion. That's what. That's really what was drawing me. And then, you know, six, eight months later. After losing a bunch of weight, after running God knows how many miles, I found myself down in Fort Benning, Georgia, and you know I'm getting screamed at by a drill sergeant, and I'm just like, <laughs> "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> so, you so know, let's let's back up a little bit there. You crazy said experience. back up a little bit there. So you know you're you're at the before you kind of like. You, the CPA almost like would seem like a chain, like a turning point where like you, you wanted, like you said, you took a knee, you thought about it. And then you said you read the pamphlet, you kind of were frustrated that you had self-selected. So you went back to it. Was there anybody like in your ear at that point being like, what are you doing? Were you sharing your thoughts with anybody or were you just kind of in your own head? Uh, you know, I'm actually a very private person. So it's kind of interesting I'm doing this podcast, but yeah. the only person that I really, uh, you know, ask for the feedback is, is my wife, right? She's mm-hmm. kind of like, she guides me through everything and, and I try to guide her. So that's the only person I had really been going back and forth with. Um, other than that, I had hinted at the idea um, that I was going to join the army, but. Yeah. What did your family like a, say? Hey, what did, I mean, what? what did your wife say? What did your family say? Oh, my, my mom, she was down. She was like, Hey, is this something you want to do? And I'm like, absolutely. So she, she was like, let's make it happen. You need to create a schedule. You need to run. So she was like my coach. You know that's what I mean? Awesome. That's awesome. She was like, let me see your push-ups. And I'm like, here's five. She's like, wow, that sucks. You need to do more push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> so she was super supportive. But my, my buddies, uh, my coworkers, they were kind of shy. They were like, 
why are you doing this? Like, are you like you're like in a good position right now? What are you doing? And I was like, hey man, I I try to explain to them, but it's just something that if you don't feel it, like it's it's okay, you know. But it's just something that something you just got to no, do with what, what you're feeling at the time. I hear you. I hear you. And I think you had there was some sort of draw. Maybe it was it was want to become a better leader, kind of search and challenge yourself. Was there a little bit of that in there? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was so many factors, right? I just, I named the biggest factor, which was, you know, uh, paying it back. But yeah. the, that was absolutely one of the biggest things is like, um, or another big thing, challenge myself. What can I do, right? I'm coming off of the heels of the CPA, which at the time was my biggest obstacle. And now I'm like, well, what else can I do? Right. What other challenges can I overcome? And how resilient, you know, am I really? Interesting. So you decide on the army. Is that just because the pamphlet was there? What if it had been the Navy or the Marines or something like that? Would you have gone there? <laughs> Hey, go army beat navy right no um, <laughs> at the time i had been working well so so some of the advisory work had you know deals with the government so some of my ca- client counterparts happened to be flag officers so i had experienced some of the leadership that they brought to the table some of that confidence that they just commanded and i was like <clears throat> you know that's pretty cool like I like that. I was attracted to that. Yeah. Had I been with a Navy client, maybe I would have, you know, gone that route as well. No, it just true. so happened to be that, that was, that's what I was exposed to. So tell me a little bit about um, specifically when you've already had a few years of work experience and coming in as an officer. What does that What does that mean? I'm not so, you know, I've never been in the military and I'd love to hear just sure. specifically like, you know, officer versus lieutenant versus all this other stuff. I'd just give a quick Right. Kind of so summary. usually officers, I'm not going to say usually, the majority of officers come directly from a college program. So they're maybe like 23 or 24 years of age, right? Yep. Um, and they're coming from either West Point, right? The U.S. Military Academy mm-hmm. or through, you know, any university, right? Um, whatever. Whatever university will have, an, most likely will have an ROCC program and they'll come out of that program. Got it. I went a different route. I went through officer candidate school, which is essentially from, you know, in six months, essentially, they will develop you and they will cram four years of that West Point uh, academia into six months and they're Got like, it. you will be an officer whether you like it or not. <laughs> so it's like, all right, let's make it happen. So but is that while that you're getting, route. is that while you're getting screamed at, you're also doing a lot of academic, is it like academically heavy or is it like leadership heavy? What's that kind of, what's that about? So it's broken down into two phases. Uh, the first phase you go through basic combat training or, you know, Marine Corps boot camp, essentially, you know, you get in shape. The second phase is more academic and leadership driven. And it's also commingled with physical obstacles. So like you still, you know, you have to ruck, you know, 12 miles with approximately 60 pounds on your back. You have to run five, seven miles, et cetera, et cetera. So there's still physical challenges. Um, Hopefully the first phase built you up to the physical challenge so that now you can focus on, um, you know, what it means to be an officer. Yeah. 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 So, you know, hopefully the first phase, like I said, it builds you up for phase two physical readiness because phase two is heavy on doctrine, what it means to be an officer, how to lead, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you mentioned earlier coming in as a essentially, you know, big four dude, right? I am 27, right? Yeah. The average age for an officer to start is maybe 23, 24. I'm 27. I think the average age of my class was 25. So I'm a little older than these guys. So I'm more mature. Uh, I've been in the professional world now and I know how to think differently. At least. Well, I shouldn't say I know, but I, I 
been exposed to different things, so I think differently, right? Right. So it was very interesting to see. I thought I was going to be in a new environment, and yes, I was in a new environment, but I was very surprised to see how transferable some of the skills that I picked up in the big four, um, you know, made it over and made my job in life just that much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, data analytics or, you know, how to break down a process into several phases or what have you. Um, you know, they don't necessarily teach you this to become an officer, but these are skills that you absolutely need to have to be a successful leader. So, you know, I, unbeknownst to me, I already had some of these. So that was really good. Nice. And so that that just made like the, the assignments they gave you that much easier. Like when you had to lead a team or whatever, you could develop the processes and whatnot needed. Is that, is that what you Absolutely. Mean? Yeah. So okay. I went into logistics, right. And I went to logistics, uh, very, you know, no, I was knowing, like I knew what I wanted to do. Right? Um, so disclaimer, I, I knew I was not going to make a career out of the army, right. This is an experience I wanted to have. This is, uh, my way of, uh, of saying, hey, you know, thank you to the country, and this is what I'm giving back, right? right. So, I, as an officer candidate, you have an active duty um, obligation of three and a half to four years, right? Yeah. So, I knew that at the end of the four years, I was going to uh, separate from the army. Um, that being said, you know, I chose logistics just because I had a little bit of understanding right it's kind of still business related right but at the same time i I wanted to understand why certain functions impacted accounting i thought i was going to go back into accounting but i'm not (laughs) (laughs) um uh so i wanted to see you know how do certain functions how do certain things that people do on the floor if you will impact the financials even though the army doesn't have the same financials but you know in that mindset so logistics is dealing with like the actual logistics of all the the divisions and everything of the army is that like so you're helping them to or is it logistics of a specific division correct uh which one which specific division okay um or specific unit i should say so you'll have division level brigade level which is a little under and then the battalion level is approximately like an organ battalion is 800 people a brigade is like three thousand four thousand people got it okay i was doing logistics for a battalion uh that is an 800 approximately um, size organization. So when you say so, logistics, you give an example, like with the type of work you're doing. Sure. So um, I was in an airborne battalion, meaning you know we had to be trained in jumping out of airplanes effectively. I'll say, um, know how to land on your ass really effectively. <laughs> so uh, our logistics was influenced by the fact that this is a battalion that focuses on airborne insertions. You know, and it's actually interesting today. You know, you know, this week is the anniversary of D-Day and, you know, the greatest operation in the history, right? Yep. So, you know, our battalion does have history. They jumped into um, the, in the D-Day operation. So um, the logistics that we um, deal with are influenced because this battalion has to be ready to go within 18 hours, mm-hmm. right? It wheels off en route to some country at the president's discretion, right? We are the 911 of the president, the 82nd Airborne Division. Uh, you know, that's that's what we take pride in. So the logistics that we have, you know, we have to be fast, we have to be agile, we have to be adaptable, whether that means, you know, preparing for a jump with 500 uh, paratroopers, you know, that means you have to work backwards, you know, 500 paratroopers requires X amount of parachutes, right. X amount of supplies, X amount of equipment. So you either make an operation successful or you're part of the operation, 
um, you know, and you're down on the ground and you're making the operation drive forward, right? And you're bringing all the materials and supplies to the fight to ensure that the fight is, um, you know, succeeds. Tell me, about the, tell me about the tools. So, are the tools and the systems more advanced than like what you had at a KPMG? Or do you feel like they're, they're more integrated? Like, did you have specific software that would help you do all those logistics? Or were you just like mostly... Similar, mostly like, I don't know, like uh, Excel and sheets and stuff like that. <laughs> right. So I was the Excel guru, right? Yeah. Time. But uh, no, so the Army is actually going through this shift. Um, they're using an SAP enabled uh, system yep. that covers um, everything from finance to HR to logistics based transactions, right? So procurement, acquisition, what have you. Got it. So as a, as a big four, you know, auditor or tax personnel, whatever you want to call it. I didn't dabble with, you know, industry specific software. I was just Excel modeling everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're using SAP based, but I was able to transfer in what I knew from data modeling and from data analysis to pull data from this ERP system and really kind of create this bigger um, overlay of the problems and, and start, segmenting problems and identifying problems and triaging and, and driving forward from there. So that's where my experience helped me um, leverage my, you know, the systems that I had available better. So do you, do you feel like this was a good move for you? You know, you're coming up near the end of your four years, right? So do you feel like are you, yeah. you know, you're going to go to your MBA and do you feel like it was a positive experience? Do you feel like, Oh my gosh, was it horrible during it, but now you're happy. You're done? <laughs> what was it? What was your kind of feeling overall now that you're here? Overall, I'm so glad I did it. I would do it again. Um, it, it, you know, the best experience I've had. With that said, there will be there were days where you're like, "What the hell am I doing here?" Right? <laughs> there are days that is just like we say, it's sucking. Um, whether you're on the field or you know you're just you're getting priorities thrown at you left and right, and you're like, "Wow, well, how do we get through this day?" What was your worst? So, you know, what you was know, your worst? What was your worst day? Were you jumping out of an airplane, or did you like those days? <laughs> I love jumping out of airplanes, but um, I don't, I'm not going to say it was my worst day, but it could have been my worst day. I technically could have died, um, but I don't look it back like as a negative thing. It's just like a funny story that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll try to sum it up really quick. It's just, I exited the aircraft. Uh, My elbow hit the side of the aircraft that I shouldn't have done. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, it, it just initiated a chain of events that should have never happened. Uh, I get all tangled up, um, or rather, my parachute gets tangled up. In doing so, I lose speed. My parachute deflates, inflates, deflates, inflates, oh and there's descent. I end up landing on like at 900 feet in the air. I land on somebody else's parachute, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing here?" <laughs> You're like, "Hold on to me." <laughs> I'm like, I'm asking myself that same question. What am I doing here? Um, and, and you're at 900 feet at that point. Experience. You're at 900. You're at 900 feet when you hit his parachute. Yeah, yeah. So you guys had an aircraft approximately 1,250 feet in the air. Immediately started with that, you know. You knew you were in trouble. Yeah, but 900 feet, approximately. I hit this guy on the way down. Between nine and 700 feet, like we managed to separate from each other. So at like seven, 600 feet. My parachute's still like inflating, deflating. Finally, I got five, six hundred feet. It, it finally gets the air it needs. But you know, at that point, you're like in the ground, like really quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was just happy to see 
my parachute inflated. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, I should have pulled my reserve, but I didn't. I was like, hey, we're just going to ride this out. <laughs> yeah, because it will, and I assume that's crazy, man. To pull your reserve, you probably have to let go of the main one, right? And then... Exactly correct. So, yeah, so I mean, you're like, it's, it's, you're like, it's kind of inflated. I only have 400 feet left. Like, <laughs> right. Right. And it's funny because we go through these things all the time. Oh like, hey, something has to pop your reserve. But um, I, in a moment, the adrenaline was rushing and I was like, talk about identifying a problem quickly. Like I have, you know, typical job is like one minute. Please total. tell me you wrote about <laughs> that must have been one of your essays for your MBA application. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyways, um, anyways, anything else you want to kind of give the listeners? You know, I'm, I think you're going to do great at your, at your program. I think you're going to love it. Um, I went 10 years ago, but um, never regret it. I think it was a great experience for me. I think you'll, you'll love it as well, especially coming from nice. that background. I feel like you could use a little bit of a break. <laughs> um, oh God, yeah. and business I'm school is, is is fun you learn a lot but it's also a lot of fun so um real quick anything else you want to share with the listeners before we we call it any um, advice you know, you'd uh, give to your younger self one, yeah yeah i mean one thing uh, i'll just say is that you know looking back at my seven-ish years of a career or a mix of careers that i've had uh, one thing that you just need to constantly ask yourself is you know are you happy with the decision that you made? Like in that moment, are you growing? Um, that's one of the things that I think if I'm not growing, uh, you know, what, what am I doing? Right. So always ask yourself if you're growing uh, because the answer to that question is going to lead you to the next decision that hopefully will be a good decision for you. That's great. Well, on that, I think it's great advice. I hope everyone that's listening actually follows it. So, if you're growing, you know, you're at least, you're not stagnant. That's, that's key. So hopefully you continue your Absolutely. journey. You continue to grow in your MBA program. And thanks for uh, joining us. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.